So as Randy said, uh, the Mexico team headed out this morning uh, about 8 o'clock. They're on their way down to uh, crossing the border down there in Tijuana, and they'll be in the Tijuana base, and they're going to build two homes for some uh, needy families down in Tijuana this week. So if you would pray for them, it is an incredible ministry and life-changing, not just for the team going, but especially for the families that will be receiving the homes. And we look forward uh, next week or the week after showing you pictures. And again, thank you for your incredible generosity uh, meeting the, the financial needs to, to get the materials for those homes. Uh, you guys have made a, a permanent impact. So if you would pray for them this week, that would be awesome. Uh, gentlemen, uh, we uh, are promoting uh, a men's solely business men's retreat coming up in November. Uh, Reagan spoke and shared you know, what the Lord did in his life there. Uh, you see on the screen there, it's November 3rd through 5th, but the registration is next Sunday, and it does fill up very quickly. So, uh, gents, please, by all means, um, prioritize that if it works for your calendar. Uh, just life-changing opportunity to, to meet the Lord on the mountaintop along with some other, uh, some other godly men and to really uh, impact your life. Uh, Randy, who was up here, uh, is very involved with that. So if you have questions about uh, the event or anything registration-wise, please see Randy after service, and he'd be glad to help you with that. Uh, women's ministry. Uh, Kathy was up here a couple weeks ago, moving into the summer and fall. You see, we got a cooking workshop, workshop coming up, card making workshop. Uh, so there's signups and more information at the welcome card. Uh, sign up and uh, just great opportunities to uh, have some fellowship and, and enjoy uh, those workshops. Okay, and for the uh, youth ministry uh, coming into summer, I know uh, Nordoff had the graduation this week. Uh, they have a pool party coming up. And so if you're a parent or a youth or if you're a youth listening or you're here, uh, there's flyers available uh, at the welcome cart, okay? And so summer around here is really time to build relationships, especially with the incoming uh, students. So look forward to that. And then finally, uh, I mentioned last week, July 2nd. This is the first annual Ojai Valley Ministerial Association. It's a church-wide picnic. We're going to be at Soul Park, uh, Pastor Gavin, Baptist Church down the street there, he's going to be bringing the, the message. Redemption will be uh, doing worship. And we're just going to gather. Uh, several churches will be out at Soul Park on July 2nd, 10 a.m., really just celebrating being the church of the Ojai Valley. Just a wonderful opportunity uh, to have unity and enjoy worship in the word out at Soul Park. So here's a couple of logistics, just so you guys know. And many of you have already signed up. There's a sign-up sheet out on the welcome cart. And there's two things happening. Uh, we're going to pay for your vehicles coming in to Soul Park. You know, usually there's like a $5 charge, but, you know, it's church, so we're going to uh, pay for that. But what we would like to do is get a number of cars. So we, we're working with the Parks and Recs right now or whoever's in charge of that, so we need to know how many cars. So if you haven't put your, your family um, name on the list, just put it down there. That way we're going to say, hey, we have 40 cars, 30 cars coming through the gates, and we'll take care of that. The other thing, I got more information from Pastor Ron over at Redemption. They are hosting a barbecue. There's going to be burgers, dogs, potato salad, chips, sodas, cold drinks, desserts, okay? And it's uh, five bucks a person. I mean, you, it's better than you can get at McDonald's these days, right? I mean, crazy. Yeah, crazy prices at fast food, right? How many of you used to go to McDonald's just because it was so cheap? You didn't even care what it tasted like. It was like 50-cent hamburger, right? So anyway, uh, five bucks a head. And what we need to do is we need to give Redemption a number so they can have adequate supplies. So if you are coming and you kind of feel like you want to partake of that barbecue, you don't have to. You can bring your own food in, of course, and bring your lawn chairs and all your picnic gear. Uh, but if you would like to uh, take advantage of that barbecue, just put your name down like, on the same sheet, even if it's next to your car. And just put a number in parentheses or circle it. And then after next week, we're going to give Redemption a number just so they have enough uh, burgers and dogs and everything, but uh, Ron says they're going to have plenty of food. You'll probably be able to get seconds if you want. Uh, so again, July 2nd, first annual OVMA, just kind of a church-wide uh, celebration Sunday together. All right. There's this quote that I came across years and years ago that I've used in youth ministry. I started in youth ministry down in San Diego and did family ministry and worked with men's groups here and there. And there's this quote by Kurt Cloninger, and it says this, Show me what someone's view of God is, and I'll show you how they live their lives. I love that. 
show me what someone's view of God is, and I'll show you how they live their lives. And so whether it was with the youth group, or even I did this with the men's group, I think I did it uh, during the pandemic when we were meeting over Zoom. So I would, I would say that quote, Shai, you can leave that up. I would, I would read that quote, we'd show it, and then I would actually have them get a piece of paper and draw their picture of God. Actually draw their picture of God. And, and this morning, you know, we're not going to ask you to draw, but I'm going to ask you to think, because everyone here has a picture of God in, in some way, shape, or form, right? It might be many faceted, might be a single picture. Um, but what would you draw this morning? What is your picture, your view of God? And, you know, then I would ask the guys, I remember we did this uh, during the pandemic when we were meeting over Zoom, and uh, one guy, uh, good old Pat, Pat Pagnasat, right? And I love Pat because Brother Pat is very honest. And I remember him, he drew this picture of a judge with lightning bolts. <laughs> I love that honesty, right? And I'm going to guess that Pat's not the only one here this morning who would have a judge, a principal, uh, somebody, uh, maybe with a scowl angry, right, maybe lightning bolts, clouds, right, just this picture of you waiting for you to mess up again, right, that, that picture, because I'm curious, right, how many of us would have a smiling, joyful, loving, come here, let me give you a hug picture of God, right, right, and, and just ask yourself, what, what is your picture of God this morning, and then let's go one level more, it's like, where'd you get it? Where'd you pick it up? Let's not, let's not get stuck on what you have, because hopefully it'll be, it'll be changed by the end of our time, but where did you get that? Like, what, what, what were the voice or the voices or the experiences you had in your life, maybe even in the church? Maybe things you saw, maybe things in your life or people said to you, where did you get that picture? I'm not even saying what the picture is, but where, where'd you pick it up? And now how is that picture of God, how has it, and how might it be influencing you as you sit here this morning? Right? Because I'm going to guess that depending on your picture of God, you're being drawn to him, or you're stiff-arming him to a certain degree, or you're sort of neutral, right? And, and I, I kind of I kind of just start with that because our beliefs are extremely powerful. I've shared with you, you know, there's progression, beliefs, thoughts, emotions, actions, right? And sometimes even in the church or as a parent, you live in the action level. Do this, don't do this, do this. And you're looking at behaviors and you're trying to correct behaviors. And it's just kind of this external conformity and, you know, duty. And what we forget is that how your kid is acting or how we're acting towards God is not just the action. You got to go back to beliefs, Thoughts, emotions, actions. And so sometimes, even as a parent, I'm a parent of five kids, you know, I'm looking at my kid and I'm like, what would possess you to do that? Right? And you're like, you know, how many parents have ever said, what were you thinking? Okay, right? So you, you kind of got the beliefs, thoughts, emotions, actions, right? And like, case in point, you right? How many of you, let's, let's take off the parent hat and just the kid hat. How many of you ever did something in your life because you believed you would not get caught. You just believed. You had your story down. Anyone ever have your story down? Right? I had, I had a story down. I, you know, way back in, I don't know, I was like 6th or 7th grade or whatever. I used to hang out, you know. Uh, I don't know how old you are to have girlfriends. But, you know, I had this girlfriend way back in 6th grade, 7th grade. And I, I notoriously would come home after dark. And so my mom and older sister were trying to like, you know, you got to get home before. And, you know, how many ever push it? You know the line. You just come right up to the line, right? So I'm timing it. And I'm like trying to race home and I get home. But, but one day, you know, I'm just like, man, I blew it. And so I'm figuring, how am I going to do this? And I say, well, I, I stopped at my coach's house because we played football back then. I was like, I stopped at my coach's house. That's cool. They'll believe that. They like him. They trust him. So I'm like, running home, da-da-da-da-da, get home late again. They're like, where were you? Like, I was at Coach Joe's house. We went there. Oh. Anyone ever have a story blown up? Like, you're like, 
man, I had it. Oh, but they were outsmarting you. How many of you are a little slicker than your kids? Like, because you were a kid once, you're like, you got to do better than that, right? So our actions really come out of this belief, right? And so this morning, as we maneuver through this, I'm hoping that your, your belief, your thoughts, your emotions regarding God as Father would line up maybe a little closer to what the Bible says. And that at the end of the day, you'll be drawn to him. You'll understand him differently than maybe you do right now. Maybe that picture, there's my prayer, maybe that picture of maybe the angry scowling emoji God will be the smiling emoji before, before you leave here, okay? So if you, re- if you were going to read through the Gospels and you followed Jesus around, one of the things that Jesus did, one of the things that he would say quite often uh, would really torque, would really upset the Jewish leaders, those that were familiar with the Old Testament. And what Jesus would do is he would talk in a very personal, familial way about God, right? Now, in the Old Testament, you know, it was very much that separation, transcendent, unapproachable God. And Jesus shows up in the Gospels, and he begins talking in a way about his father that really flipped things upside down and really upset some people. In John 10, He says something like this. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. They're like, what is this guy talking about? You know, that's cray-cray. Back then, you, I, you and the Father are one. Why, how can you possibly be talking so relational to the unapproachable God? Remember, right? You couldn't even go in. Only the high priest could go in once a year into the presence of God, right? Very sort of that, that typical view of God is unapproachable. And here's Jesus saying, hey, me and my Father, we're one, right? In Mark 14, his prayer, remember this? In the, in the garden, he says, and going a little farther... He's praying right before he's about to be crucified and experience tremendous pain and suffering and death. He's in the garden, and he has this prayer to his father. And he says, and going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. That word right there, Abba, Father, under the new covenant, through faith in Jesus, that is the word we need to understand in our relationship with God. He's Abba. Everyone say Abba. Abba. Abba is an Aramaic word that means dear father. Okay? It's, 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 a, one, uh, it's a word that kids would learn growing up. And, uh, you know, our, our understanding of it at the, in the mo- emotional context would be more like Papa. Daddy, right? It, it's recognition, it's tenderness, affection, submission, confidence, trust. It comes out of this very loving, familial relationship where Jesus in the garden says, Abba. And then us as believers under the new covenant are privileged to come before the God of the universe and say, Abba, Abba. And so think about that, right? Again, Kirk Gloninger says, show me what someone's view of God is, and I'll show you how they live their lives. So that, that picture in your mind, imagine now that you, I asked you to think of the picture. How does that picture line up with the word Abba? Because even now, I'm guessing many of you prayed this morning. You had your devotions, Right. And most of you, I'm guessing a lot of you started something like, dear God, or oh Lord, or maybe even heavenly father. I'm not sure what you said, but usually it's like dear God or oh God. Nothing wrong with that except you might be leaving out the Abba. How different will it be, and this is kind of going to be homework moving forward as we'll get to the end. How different would it be in the morning if you said, Abba, with the heart and the full intent between, hey, Papa, Daddy, 
dearest father versus, oh God, dear God, right? And this is, again, part of the challenge. You know, Randy spoke a little bit about it, where in our sanctification, part of the challenge is that might be real uncomfortable based on your own interactions with your earthly father. I don't even know uh, how many of you had that sort of Abba relationship with your dad, right? And so uh, many of you know, I, I shared with you last week, now if you've known, been here for a while, you know, I grew up in the Roman Catholic tradition, and we would go to Mass every Sunday, and Roman Catholic, uh, you know, when you go into the, to the churches, it's very, it's designed to really speak to the, the transcendence and the magnificence of God, right? You walked into these really wonderful churches, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in the presence of God. And so I understood the holiness and the reverence of God. That's how I grew up. What I didn't understand and what was challenging for me, in one sense, when I became a believer and trying to work through early stages of my faith, was this Abba that I was now allowed to come into a relationship with God and was still holy and still reverent, but now he's Abba. And I've shared with you before, you know, uh, my dad was a great provider, um, but my dad wasn't really verbal. He wasn't, he wasn't the verbal kind of dad. I, he provided for all of us. He worked very hard. Um, but, you know, he, he and I didn't have this chatty relationship, just didn't talk. You know, you, oftentimes he would leave for work at 4 a.m. Uh, before I would wake up for school, and then he would come home late. And, you know, he's just a hard worker. And yet the relational component, this abba especially through junior high and high school, I just didn't have it. I was pretty independent. You know, we'd do vacations every once in a while and, and all of that, but we never developed this conversational, hey, how's it going? What's going on in your life? You know, it was very much, he was a wonderful provider. Um, usually knew you were in real trouble when mom said, wait till your dad gets home. You know, that kind of healthy, <laughs> healthy fear of authority and, and consequences with him. But I didn't have this chatty, conversational, share your life, what's going on in your life, how was school, and all that. Not that he didn't care, he just wasn't his own personality, even cultural. And, and where we come from culturally, dads aren't really generally that engaged at the personal level that's left for mom. And so... I come from the Roman Catholic tradition, and then I come from my own personal upbringing, and I come in to evangelical church and talking about this, you know, it's not a religion, it's a relationship, and I'm like, you know, and, and I shared with you before, my, my wife, we were dating back then, and I was not even really a believer, and she would take me to a Friday night Bible study, and they're singing these kind of songs with a guitar, and there's like 20 people in this living room, and I'm looking around like, they're singing like they actually love this God. Like, there's a thing happening here. Like, they're, in, they're like singing with emotion. It's not just rote songs and rote prayers like in the Catholic upbringing. It was like, man, they're singing. And, and then we would pray, right? And you've laughed at me about learning how to pray. You know, the guys want to sit around the dining table and pray. And I'm like, I don't know. All I know is rote prayers. Like, I still know the Our Father. I can go to, you know, sometimes my, my family in, in San Diego, they still go to Roman Catholic Church. And once in a while I'm down there, they'll invite me. I'll go. I still know how to do Mass. It is deeply ingrained. I still know all those prayers. And, you know, the guys, would, we'd go to this Bible study, and I'm just kind of like new to this whole thing. And, and then the, the ladies would go pray in the back, and they would want to have the guys sit around the dining table and pray. Really nice guys. But, you know, I'm like, what is going on here? Because I was like going to UCLA at the time, and I'm like, it's kind of weird, you know? Like, we were, I was around very kind of like type A driven kind of guys. And so we would go around the dining table and like, okay, we're going to pray. And, okay. And I shared with you before, right? They would all do this, which was code for let's hold hands. I'm like, what's a, let's hold hands? Who holds hands? You know, so the, okay. You ever get weird? Like, how are you supposed to hold someone's hand? Like, is it like over? Is it under? Is it like weird, right? So it's like weird, like. Because I don't even, you know, I'm still getting, so like, just enough. Just enough to conclude that we're actually physically touching. And then these guys start talking to God. Like talking to him. 
wow, this is kind of crazy. They're talking relational to this guy. I, you know, like he's listening and they're really pouring out their heart. You know, and I shared with you before, it's like weird because it's going around the circle. Anyone have that nervousness? It's like, oh, man. Right? And then it gets right here. And the rookie, the new guy is next. I'm like, oh. And I think like the first time I did it, right, I was just hoping someone would save me. Because like it comes to my turn, right? That awkward, bro, you got to start because I ain't going to say anything here, right? Anyone ever been in that moment? Like it's like it's your turn and it's like, please save me. Like skip, skip. Right, yeah, you can't say pass, right? Like, I pass. <laughs> like, but you're saying it, right? It's like, come on, man, it's been 10 seconds, bro. Help me out. Pass, right? You want to say, like, you want to kick the guy here, like, come on, man. And I'm like, they're singing like, they, like they, they know this God, and they're talking to this God, and they're calling him Father, and, and it's like this heartfelt thing, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. It was, like, it, was, it was like strangely cool. Like, I'm drawn to it, but then it like terrifies me because I, I, that's uncharted territory for me, especially with God, right? And so uh, over time, I, I've grown into that, but I had to work through that. And, and maybe for some of you, it, that's an area of sanctification where you, you, your, your word choice is very important. So I would encourage you, as a believer, begin to use Abba to start your prayer. And just see what it does. Just see what it does. Okay? It's an incredible privilege under the new covenant. In John 1, uh, it says this. He, Jesus, came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. So in the new covenant, when you come to faith in Jesus, you're actually adopted and you become a child of God, right? Romans 8.15 says it this way. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. This adoption is this incredible doctrine that, that again, many of us kind of maybe just gloss over. When it says you are adopted as his own children, or in some translations says adopted as sons, here's the thing. Not only are you positionally put into the family God as a child of God, here's the radical thing. You have all the privileges immediately. As a child of God, you have a new position, you're adopted into the family, and you have tremendous privileges right off the bat. You're, you're in. You're in. A lot of believers, you, you get saved and you kind of wonder, am I really in? Am I on the A team? Am I on JV? Am, you know, is, is, is people on the stage, are they in? And I got to work my way into. No. Through faith in Christ, you have a new position and immediately. All the privileges are available. Amen? That's crazy, right? Look at Ephesians 1.3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, has blessed us, all right, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. You have every spiritual blessing right now. Amen? Right now. You have a new position, new privilege. Greg Ogden says this. As adopted children, we can enjoy the same favor that Jesus has with the Father. We, too, are the apple of God's eye, the pleasure of his love, the delight of his focus. And if we didn't get all that we wanted or needed in our human fathers, we are invited even more deeply into the pleasure that the Father of heaven and earth takes in his Son and... We have been included in the family and hear the father say, you are my child whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. We now have the father we always needed and wanted. Amen? That's radical. Like you can't miss the radical nature. That's, that's why the Jews and the religious leaders were like flipping out. 
Are you kidding me? And just, this is the new covenant. This is why it's new. You and I, God likes you. Right? You know, okay, I'm fair. God has to love me. Right? How many of you have ever said to someone in your family, I love you, but I don't like you right now? Anyone? Right? I don't like you right now. You're kind of driving me crazy, crazy. Like, right? Here's the thing. That quote's so powerful. God loves you and he likes you. As his child, he's happy to see you. He's well pleased with you because you're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. When you put your faith in Christ, you are clothed, you are wrapped in the righteousness and Jesus, white robe, you can put it that way. And so when God sees you positionally, he sees Jesus' white robe around you. And you know what? He's stoked. He's stoked on you. Now, the challenging part of this is that some of us, Grew up in kind of this very performance-driven, success, you know, maybe conditional love. You know, I used to hate report card day, you know, not because my parents were meaning anything, but because my older brother and sister were so successful, and we, we were raised in very successful line, you know, straight A, straight A, straight A, straight A. For me, a B was not acceptable. That was just defined. It wasn't what my parents said. It was what was drilled into me. My brother was valedictorian of high school, went to the Naval Academy, sister's valedictorian, went to Air Force Academy, and then it comes to me three years later, man, and that was just like, oh my gosh, you know, perfection or failure, that's, that's how I was raised, so I, I really kind of grew up kind of with this conditional love, fear of failure, fear if I don't measure up, I'm not going to be accepted into the family, Right? And that's kind of the head trip I had to deal with. And that's kind of how I kind of like, again, this whole thing with new covenant and being God's family and God loves me just because. How many of you find that kind? Like, God loves you just because. How many of you, that's a little bit weird. Because how many of you keep score and know how messed up you are? Anyone? Like, how many times you mess up, right? And you're like, oh, man, I can't believe I did it again. God must hate me. He still loves you. He loves you enough. When you confess your sin, he says, I'll forgive you. Now get up, dust yourself off, get back in the game. That's the Father's love, man. That's the Father's love. And in our performance-driven culture, that's just, it's really hard to unwind that. It's really kind of hard to unpack that. And so that's part of sanctification. But that's true. And see, part of us, and, and this was what I was trying to, understand as an early believer, I kind of thought that coming to Jesus was more transactional than relational. Meaning this, put your faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord, John three sixteen, all those great verses, and you'll be forgiven, right? Transactional. Put your faith in Jesus, believe that he was crucified, rose from the dead, and you'll be saved. Your sins are forgiven. Your name is written in the book of life, and it's transactional. Cool. Done right? That's justification, right? Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We've shared this before. The word justification is a once and for all legal declaration. So when you come to faith in Christ, God, the judge, he puts his judge hat on. He goes, not guilty, fully righteous. Amen? That's an amen moment, right? So you come to Christ, you are justified. It's a legal justification. One, one and done. You are not guilty and you are fully righteous. Okay? Transactional. I thought initially as a Christian that coming to faith was just justification. Come to say this prayer and get saved. Here's the thing. Justification and adoption, they're separate. God could have just saved us without adopting us. Think about that. He could have given us new standing before him legally, not guilty, fully righteous, good to go, now get on your way. But in addition to justification, what did he do? Adopted us. It's a new position. See, so, so some of us, I think maybe the challenge in your faith and maybe while you're, while you're maybe stuck a little bit in your relationship is you're emphasizing justification while I'm saved that you never, you never allowed the truth of adoption 
to radically change your view of God and you. They're both in there. They're both in there. And so maybe on this Father's Day, as you begin to use the word Abba, your relationship as a Christian isn't just transactional. Well, I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. I got my fire insurance, right? It now becomes family. Family. I'm a child of God. I have full privileges. God is well pleased with me. I'm not just justified. I'm adopted. I'm adopted into the family of God with full privileges, right? And then he makes us new creations, and and we're born again. He gives us a new nature. But I think for some in the church, we, we, we view it really transactional, Say a prayer, put faith in Jesus, have your sins forgiven. That's all, that's all in there. But what we don't equally give weight to is you're adopted, you have full privileges, God is pleased with you, you have all the blessings. Those two right there ignite your faith. Those two right there give you joy in the morning. Right? Those two right there give you this, ah. <sighs> I don't have to live afraid of messing up as a Christian because I just want to go please Father. Anyone? Right? You want, how many of you enjoy, whatever, it's your marriage, it's a relationship with a parent, a friend. How many of you have ever enjoyed a relationship where you just enjoyed being together and there was no fear of conditional love and being kicked out. You just knew this person loved you, wanted the best for you, and it just made you just like joyful to be around that person. Amen? Right? You were like, this is cool. I just get to be me, and I just enjoy your company. And I, That's adoption. Okay? That's, you got to bring in the balance because if you wait the transaction, then your faith can become transactional, and what happens is you start keeping score of how good you are and how bad you are. And then at the end of the day, end of the week, end of the month, you tally it. And based on your scorekeeping card, your joy level goes up and down. You're still a son and daughter. God's still pleased with you. God still loves you. Stop being scared of getting booted out of the family. Yeah, stop that. You got to flip that and you say, I'm in. I just want to reflect the family. I just want to reflect the family. And that's kind of like the, one of the applications for this. Look at Ephesians 5.1. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. You see, if you understand adoption, the way you and, li- you and I live our life is out of this relationship with God as his child, not rules. If it's transactional, you can get rules heavy as a believer. If it's adoption, it's relational, now you're doing things because you want to. Now you're having freedom. And it says, imitate God. How many of us as a parent, good or bad, have ever had your kid imitate you? Good or bad? How many of you, your kid has said something and you look at your spouse like, I told you they're watching I told you they're listening, and you're like, oh, my gosh, right? Maybe they, maybe they say something, you're like, whoop, right? What are they doing? Imitating dad, imitating mom, right? My wife is a, has been a TK teacher for many years, and it's really interesting at TK level because they're brand new to this school thing. So what she gets, especially the first week, is how they live at home. You get what I'm saying? They haven't yet, they're not old enough, and they don't yet differentiate school behavior and school language from home. So for the first week or so, these, what do you have, 25, 30, 30, she had 30 TKers. And they come marching in, how old are they? Three and four-year-olds, right? So she gets 33 and four-year-olds, and it's kind of, it's very challenging, but you sit back and you're like, I know what you watch at home. I know what your mom and dad say at home, because you're just saying what's normal to you, right? And you kind of step back because, because you can't really be mad at them at that age, because it's just normative. 
They're just imitating and reflecting home, right? Well, Ephesians 5.1, should I put that back up? It says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. Our walk, justification and adoption, we just want to mimic father. Amen? That's the freedom. That's the freedom. In John 14.8, Philip says, hey, Jesus, show us the father. And then in verse 9, Jesus says, hey, dude. Have I been with you for so long? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's us. Hey, show us Christianity. Show, it was, show, it, show us what it means to be a Jesus follower in 2023. What we would hope to be able to say is, hey, look at my life. If you've seen my life, you've seen Jesus. If you've seen my life, you've seen Christianity. That's our hope and prayer here. That's what we want, is when we leave here, you don't leave here with a bunch of rules and a bunch of do's and don'ts and living under fear. Ah, and you're like, ah, like, come to my church. Ah, it's a lot of fun. Ah, and... Please don't do that. But there's a lot of Christians like, oh, loving Jesus, gotta love Jesus, don't mess up. Love Jesus, love Jesus. You wanna come, you wanna know Jesus? Come to Jesus. I'm like, holy cow not doing us a favor if you go out there and you're loving father and your actions are speaking louder than words people might just be drawn to jesus they actually might just ask you hey what's what's up with you man i see this peace in your life i see this joy i know you're going through stuff but you don't seem to get wigged out like other people what's how do you handle your life is simply mimicking what it is to be a believer and then people are drawn drawn to the light that's what it is okay so it's how we live as a dad you understand even on father's day your kids are watching you and if you want your kids to be a believer mom or dad understand their understanding of jesus church relationship with god first and foremost you're the primary influencer you are the primary influencer like what randy said is it coming just coming is church a priority if it's, a, if it's to you, they'll pick it up. If it's not, they'll pick it up. So even then, you kind of ask yourself, man, what kind of, kind of image am I portraying? What kind of picture am I drawing of God in my kids' minds? Because you're the primary influencer in that, right? I uh, got this years ago from one of my kids, and I put this in my office because it reminds me her footprint she says i'm following in your footsteps like that that that's all but i'm like oh <laughs> exactly which footsteps are those because because i hope they're leading to the right path because you know i don't want the wrong footsteps going that way you know that's weighty it's weighty now it's also very much of a blessing don't, don't, don't turn it into this weighty, fearful thing. Turn it into a joyful thing. You get to impact those in your family, media family, even extended family, coworkers. You get to impact them simply by following Father. That's what the world is, needs right now. They don't need more of this. What they need is just followers of Jesus loving Jesus. That's, that's what they need. Seriously, committed to the word. Still, you know, Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey me. It's a fruit. I love Jesus. My life is generally obedient out of love. That's what the world needs. There's so much, so much anger and div- division and people hopeless, you know, and the economy, the, the, the experts are saying into the final quarter, into 2024, inflation, everything. There's a whole lot of things messed up on this planet right now. You got the elections coming up again, right? Seems going to get worse. What do people need? They need to see Jesus followers. They just need to see people who understand the eternal perspective, who are simply mimicking their father. Justified and adopted. That will draw people. Okay? That will draw people. Just be you. Just love them. Love them where they are. Love Jesus. Okay? It also affects... Not just how we live life, but even in prayer, right? Again, I, I shared with you, I grew up in the Roman Catholic Church. A few years back, I went through an extended series on the Lord, Lord's Prayer. You can look it up online. It's the title of the, uh, 
the series was Are You Praying or Just Saying, right? Because I grew up with the, the Lord's Prayer is just wrote. And then we actually walked through it for a very long time. And we saw it wasn't something to be said, just wrote. It was actually a model prayer, right? In fact, in Matthew 6, Jesus says this, When you pray... Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Don't be like them. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. Jesus says this, pray then like this. Here it is. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there's the familial, our father, but then there's the holy and reverence. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. He's still king of kings. He's still sovereign. He still rules. But here's the crazy thing. The king of the universe is our Abba. That is radical. That is radical, right? And it's crazy even, you know, maybe some of you saw in the news, kind of a sign of our times, you know, Jeopardy. I don't know if you saw this in Jeopardy, right? Known for people, you know, that know a lot of knowledge and a lot of trivia. Well, this past week, one of the... Um, categories had to do with the bible and literally it said fill in the blank our father in heaven blank be your name none of them buzzed in they did not know hallowed jeopardy contestants and like twitter blew up and they're like oh my gosh are you kidding me they didn't know hallowed (laughs) what do we come to well that's what we've come to literally right stunning and so That's why we're saying, if you understand the culture and where we are and where we're heading, the culture just needs Jesus followers who love Jesus, who are mimicking the Father at work, at home, wherever you are, online. The light shines brightest in the darkness. Just be lights. Be lights. Follow Jesus. Be lights in the world, right? And we have this balance. He's Abba, but he's also sovereign king. That's crazy. That is awesome, though, right? That is awesome. And so I want to just encourage you. The good news, the gospel, which means good news, we are justified, but the good news is also we're adopted. And for those of you here, those of you at home, maybe just even for a while, focus on being adopted into the family of God. The privilege, the privilege. Not everyone on this planet gets to say Abba. You got to realize that. Under the new covenant, only believers in Jesus, according to the Bible, can say Abba. That's an incredible privilege to call the king of the universe, Papa, Daddy. (sighs) Right? William Barclay says this. It is Paul's picture that when a man became a Christian, he entered into the very family of God. He does nothing to deserve it. God, the great father, in his amazing love and mercy, has taken the lost, helpless, poverty-stricken, debt-laden sinner and adopted him into his own family so that the debts are canceled and the glory inherited. Not only are your debts canceled spiritually, you got every spiritual blessing because you've been adopted as a son and daughter into the very family of God. Amen? Amen. Come on. At a certain point, you got to call it good. Right? There are times when I'm going through stuff in my life, whether it's in ministry or just personal life, and sometimes, you know, we've been married 30-plus years, and I just go to my wife and I'll say, Honey, just tell me everything's fine. Because get, I'll get way over here in the red zone, and I'll camp there, and, and then all this stuff, and I have to... You know, this is code that we've developed. And she goes, it's all fine. And it comes because it starts to bring me back here. Maybe in your life, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what's going on. Health, family, finances, whatever. But as a child of God, you're justified and you're adopted. Your name is written in the book of life. You have access to the throne 24-7, 365. So in the eternal perspective it's fine it's fine and Romans 8:28 says we know that in all things God works for the good to those who are his children really it's 
not all good, but we have this hope and knowledge that God works it all for the good. Amen? Okay. Why? Because you're his child. You've been adopted. And on this Father's Day, my prayer is that you'll understand Abba. Now, now I'm going to encourage you, use it. Use it. Because some of you are so wired in how you do things. Anyone here get really stuck in routine? Like, how many of you, like, literally will leave here and go the same way home on autopilot? Your routine, like, right? So here's the thing. If you want to really be, be challenged in your sanctification, rather than just sitting down saying, dear God, sit down next time you pray, maybe, and say, Abba. And just see what that does emotionally, physically. It'll engage you differently and might just change the nature of your relationship. Okay? So, Father, thank you. Abba. Abba. For some, it's easy, maybe even more natural because they've had that relationship. But for many, addressing you as Abba. Woo! little nerve-wracking. But I pray, Lord, because it's in your word that we would appropriate it and we would use it. In fact, Jesus, you said, when you pray, pray, our Father, Abba. So thank you. Thank you that we are justified. We have peace with you. We're declared not guilty. We're fully righteous. But Father, thank you we've been adopted We are adopted as children of God with full privileges as we sit here this morning. Full privileges. I pray that these two truths, justification and adoption, would ring, just ring in our hearts and would radically transform us. And then that the world would see what it is to be a follower of Jesus simply by how we live. So thank you. Thank you for this time. Father, again, those that maybe don't have that relationship, I pray that they would understand it is by grace through faith. The Bible says we become children of God through faith in Jesus. So I pray for those here, I pray for those online that have not made that commitment, that they would. They would understand Jesus is the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. The good news is that he was crucified and he rose from the dead and that through faith in him, we are born again into a family of God that's you, then this morning you can pray that prayer to God in your own words, from your heart. Put your faith in Jesus. And if you need prayer for anything after service, Randy will be up front and would love to pray with you, for you. Um, Thank you, Father, for the privilege to call you Abba. In Jesus' name, amen. So as Randy said, uh, the Mexico team headed out this morning uh, about 8 o'clock. They're on their way down to uh, crossing the border down there in Tijuana, and they'll be in the Tijuana base, and they're going to build two homes for some uh, needy families down in Tijuana this week. So if you would pray for them, it is an incredible ministry and life-changing, not just for the team going, but especially for the families that will be receiving the homes. And we look forward uh, next week or the week after showing you pictures. And again, thank you for your incredible generosity uh, meeting the, the financial needs to, to get the materials for those homes. Uh, you guys have made a permanent impact. So if you would pray for them this week, that would be awesome. Uh, gentlemen, uh, we uh, are promoting uh, a men's solely business men's retreat coming up in November. Uh, Reagan spoke and shared you know, what the Lord did in his life there. Uh, you see on the screen there, it's November 3rd through 5th, but the registration is next Sunday, and it does fill up very quickly. So, uh, gents, please, by all means, um, prioritize that if it works for your calendar. Uh, just life-changing opportunity to, to meet the Lord on the mountaintop along with some other, uh, some other godly men and to really uh, impact your life. Uh, Randy, who was up here, uh, is very involved with that. So if you have questions about uh, the event or anything registration-wise, please see Randy after service, and he'd be glad to help you with that. Uh, women's ministry. Uh, Kathy was up here a couple weeks ago, moving into the summer and fall. You see, we got a cooking workshop, workshop coming up, card making workshop. Uh, so there's signups and more information at the welcome card. Uh, sign up and uh, just great opportunities to uh, have some fellowship and, and enjoy 
uh, those workshops. Okay, and for the uh, youth ministry uh, coming into summer, I know uh, Nordoff had the graduation this week. Uh, they have a pool party coming up. And so if you're a parent or a youth or if you're a youth listening or you're here, uh, there's flyers available uh, at the welcome cart. Okay, and so summer around here is really time to build relationships, especially with the incoming uh, students. So look forward to that. And then finally, uh, I mentioned last week, July 2nd. This is the first annual Ojai Valley Ministerial Association. It's a churchwide picnic. We're going to be at Soul Park. Uh, Pastor Gavin, Baptist Church down the street there, he's going to be bringing the, the message. Redemption will be uh, doing worship. And we're just going to gather. Uh, several churches will be out at Soul Park on July 2nd, 10 a.m., really just celebrating being the church of the Ojai Valley. Just a wonderful opportunity uh, to have unity and enjoy worship in the word out at Soul Park. So here's a couple of logistics just so you guys know. And many of you have already signed up. There's a sign-up sheet out on the welcome cart. And there's two things happening. Uh, we're going to pay for your vehicles coming in to Soul Park. You know, usually there's like a $5 charge, but, you know, it's church. So we're going to uh, pay for that. But what we would like to do is get a number of cars. So we, we're working with the Parks and Recs right now or whoever's in charge of that. So we need to know how many cars. So if you haven't put your, your family um, name on the list. Just put it down there. That way we're going to say, hey, we have 40 cars, 30 cars coming through the gates, and we'll take care of that. The other thing, I got more information from Pastor Ron over at Redemption. They are hosting a barbecue. There's going to be burgers, dogs, potato salad, chips, sodas, cold drinks, desserts, okay? And it's uh, five bucks a person. I mean, you, it's better than you can get at McDonald's these days, right? I mean, crazy. Yeah, crazy prices at fast food, right? How many of you used to go to McDonald's just because it was so cheap? You didn't even care what it tasted like. It was like 50-cent hamburger, right? So anyway, uh, five bucks ahead. And what we need to do is we need to give Redemption a number so they can have adequate supplies. So if you are coming and you kind of feel like you want to partake of that barbecue, you don't have to. You can bring your own food in, of course, and bring your lawn chairs and all your picnic gear. Uh, But if you would like to uh, take advantage of that barbecue, just put your name down. On the same sheet, even if it's next to your car, and just put a number in parentheses or circle it, and then after next week, we're going to give Redemption a number just so they have enough uh, burgers and dogs and everything. But uh, Ron says they're going to have plenty of food. You'll probably be able to get seconds if you want. Uh, So again, July 2nd, first annual OVMA, just kind of a church-wide celebration Sunday together.